the trauma, the, the tragedy of trauma was the title I went for, but then I've been thinking about it, right? The reason why is because um, uh, complex trauma is just not understood. Developmental trauma, just trauma itself, like they've overdone it, like, you know, not getting your latte on time is a trauma. And we ignore the incredible damage of a narcissistic parent or a, uh, a distant parent or, you know what I mean? And the fact that uh, post-traumatic stress was only recognized by the Canadian government in 2018 uh, is in the DSM-5, the, the, the diagnostic manual for uh, doctors, psychiatrists, lawyers, uh, but does not have complex PTSD. But it is in the ICD-11, the International Classifiers of Disease. So I call it the tragedy of trauma because it's a little bit autobiographical in the sense, right, that, you know, I have been traumatized um, in the name of trying to heal me, right? Uh, like I've mentioned before, mindfulness-based um, uh, cognitive therapy uh, is a nightmare because they've stripped away uh, what matters, the metta, the meaning, the hope, um, synchronicity. Same as acceptance and commitment therapy, right? It is Amor Fati, uh, Nietzsche's Love Your Fate, uh, the eternal recurrence, right? To treat triumph and disaster as the, the, uh, the imposters they are from Kipling's If. It's logotherapy, uh, Viktor Frankl, uh, the famous, uh, famous psych psychologist. Logotherapy being meaning and hope, particularly in the face of hopelessness. I mean, courage. Courage is action in the face of fear. Agency is action in the fear, in the face of hopelessness, in the face of doubt. That's what faith is. It's not the belief in something that doesn't exist. It's, it's the belief that we can achieve far more than we ever give ourselves credit for. We embrace the idea of placebo, and yet we ignore the gestalt of our experience. Right? Gestalt being that we are more than the sum of our parts. And yet we don't realize this truth. It speaks to that there is no separation between mind and body, self and body. Consciousness and, and noumenal existence are physical form. Yet, in that truth, we see where our modern malaise lies. Young wrote about this. He said there was a huge chunk of his, uh, his patients who suffered from a sadness, a sickness, something. Malaise is the word I use. I can't remember what he used. But he said there was no direct cause, no link, no cause and effect that he linked to this hopelessness, this lack of meaning. We have a cognitive scientist who, I've talked about this before, forget his plagiarizing, forget the fact that many of these teachers don't have any original idea of their own when he's supposed to be looking at the nature of consciousness and self, um, 
he, he's embroiled in uh, God, in meaning. Why? Because I've said this before. It began when the Greeks separated religion and philosophy and sciences. There is no separation. It's the gestalt of our experience. How could it be separated in science? Science is the codification of our experience. Philosophy is an understanding of that same experience. Religion, faith, is putting that into practice. And you can take this if you like, but I am wholly in the camp of agnosticism. Only because I can't know that there isn't or if there is. But I have seen in science placebo. As I've said before, this, this protocol, it's a path to, to the protocol of potential. It's a, it's a way to heal this modern malaise. It's applying meaning. Nietzsche wrote about it. Jung wrote about this. William James wrote about this, that what is God? God. We, we totally misunderstand Nietzsche's Zarathustra. Let me explain it to you very simply. He realized that we didn't believe in our own potential. Even with placebo, we didn't believe what we could create. So we, we allowed that meaning, that hope, that potential, that faith to be placed by somebody else. Originally gods, priests, proctors, whatever you want to call them. So when Nietzsche impeached us to realize that the gods are dead, he simply wanted us to understand that we don't believe in ourselves anymore. We don't believe in our potential, our probability. He wanted us to understand that the only thing that made a guru like his Zarathustra different, a hermit, a sage, the only thing that made them different from others, sure, he was carving his own path, but the difference was, is he found for himself his meaning. He didn't ask for it to be given. As I was thinking on my walk this morning, it's this idea of being led. So I, I um, have often talked about this Group of Seven painting that for me kind of kept me alive when I was young because, again, I had a difficult time expressing myself in many ways. But I was able to speak language, right? I had English and French. So this painting, Terre Sauvage, is just um, uh, it's a point on, on a lake in the Algonquin Park here in Ontario, Canada. And this point is windswept heavily. It looks, this, this tree looked like a pine tree, looked like it had been battered its entire existence, but never gave up. It grew, misshapen, malformed, not unlike trauma, but still grew towards the light. Ori Sun, that early contemplative practice I've mentioned of Christianity, Ori Sun, to orient oneself towards the sun. Doesn't matter how you spell it, still says the same thing. This point, incredibly windswept, this tree growing in spite of the struggle, the strife, the suffering. Terre Sauvage speaks to this, speaks to also this void, this potentiality, this, 
this unknown future that Jung talked about, that we needed to strip ourselves. And I think he stole this from Nietzsche. Uh, Nietzsche and Zarathustra talked about needing to go from, from uh, a camel carrying traditions and expectations of others and to strip oneself away of all these things, become a lion to know what is imposed and what is chosen, know the difference, to, to then become a child, to truly be, find one's agency, one's will, as Nietzsche loved to talk about. Jung talks about this later in Modern Man's Search of a Soul. He said that we need to stand at the edge of a void, right? We need to, to um, how, how did he express it? Um, we need to be bankrupt, I believe, is the translation to English. We need to bankrupt ourselves of all of these expectations, these attachments, these um, beliefs that aren't personally embraced or understood. We need to stand at an edge of a void uh, to be not a pseudo-modern man, but to be truly a modern man. So what he wanted was what Nietzsche wanted. He wanted us to let go of this baggage, these ceremonies, these traditions that were imposed and find for ourselves what works. So if the gods are dead, this, this meaning to existence is no longer being applied for us. He argued the only solution was to become ourselves, to truly overcome self-overcoming, to truly be powered by this will. That's his will to power. It's in the self-overcoming in Zarathustra and, and better explained later, but it's to have the will, power, to choose for oneself, to apply that meaning to have that hope, that courage in the face of doubt, in the face of fear, in the face of hopelessness. And it's in that when we truly can be. That's why he called himself an immoralist. That's why Jung mentions the modern man, truly being. I've spoken about this before. We are in a modern malaise in no small part because of the postmodernist movement, because we have hesitated to embrace the next stage in this evolution, which is meta-modernism, where we realize, just like Vedanta, which influenced all of these um, practitioners, we talk about the West's philosophy, but we forget how heavily, almost entirely influenced by Vedic thought it is. In Vedanta, you don't have to believe in a particular god. It can be the god of Emerson. It can be the Bodhisattva of Buddhism, Tolstoy's Christ. No difference. It can be the god of Spinoza, or Emerson, or Whitman. The power that makes flowers grow. Remember the same in Vedanta, a Shakti. In Shaivism, in my Yogacara, Shakti is also peace, shanti, very close. Shakti, the power of God. And we have shalom and salam, both meaning peace, but also 
the name of God. It doesn't have to be directly related for you to see the synergy, the synchronicity, if you will, of this universal truth. It's not God. In fact, I wrote something this morning that we need to see that it's, it's, it's that will that powers this. Um, in fact, we can see that in the words that Nietzsche chose. Willen macht. Right? That's translated as will to power, but macht is a word that means power, not in the simple sense of strength, but also what drives us, what gives us our raison d'être, the reason to be. So this is why I chose the, the, the tragedy of trauma, because it tells this story. But what I even thought I could be, I could be uh, smart like Nietzsche, and I could title it The Tragedy of Trauma or The Trauma of Tragedy, telling this story as I said, my own story, but the story of trauma itself, both as an experience, a human experience, as it's come down the centuries, the millennia, but also a modern story. Forget about soldiers. Forget about first responders. Now we have office workers. We have government workers. We have journalists who are suffering from trauma. The real tragedy of trauma is that we all suffer it. It's written in Carl Friston's Free Energy, this this principle that the mind is a predictive engine, the self is simply there to act as an intermediary between the real world, the sensory experience, and the mind, helping it to, to be a better predictor of outcomes. Whether we embrace the outcomes, the actual outcomes, or we attach to expectations, that's the teaching. That's free energy, that's Vedanta, that's Buddhism, that's Vedic teaching, that's yoga, that's yogacara. But I love that title, the, the Tragedy of Trauma, because in a Western sense, that was the dawn of this study. Some of the early um, theater was put on by these early Greeks, not philosophers, not poets, not artists, but soldiers looking to heal their trauma. So fast forward a couple of millennia, here I am, stuck in the same situation. Seeing people struggle every day with trauma, seeing how it works for me, not unlike mindfulness and meditation that I've seen that Dr. Gabor Mate might have been right. A large portion of what we consider uh, learning disabilities might just be simply developmental trauma. And by getting over the trauma and... Uh, and overcoming that developmental hurdle, right, learning to read or write or what have you, we can actually move forward. It's not a, a life sentence, as we might say. But that's, mm, I apologize for getting long-winded, but that's all I wanted to share is how the title of a book can tell the story in and of itself, right? The Tragedy of Trauma or The, the Trauma of Tragedy. So on that note, I hope you have a fabulous day, and uh, yeah, be well. So that's why I, oh, I didn't finish, I apologize. That's why I was talking about uh, Terre Sauvage. Um, 
I apologize. Yeah, so terre means earth. It means uh, the land uh, we stand upon. Sauvage means wild or unkept or unrestrained. So in that painting is the story of existence, right? If life is inherently suffering to the Buddhist or absurd to Camus, our secret is to embrace whatever comes our way. You can be like Nietzsche and convince oneself that these arbitrary labels of good and bad are the mistake. Or you can be like Frankl and realize that we can't know for sure. Like the Tetralemma or the Chattiscoti, right? This potentiality. It might be this, it might be that, it might be both, it might be neither. We may never know. This idea of doubt, right? Even this morning, scientists making fun of people who believe in crystals. The, the only reason why they're making fun is because they're jealous that these people have hope. These people have faith, something that is sorely missing for many scientists to realize that some things may not have an answer. And in that is a lesson and a beauty. That's metta. Not with the double T. That's loving kindness. <laughs> metta with a single T means something more. And uh, on that, I think I'll leave you. Hopefully you have a fabulous day. And thank you for going on this journey for me, well, with me. Uh, as I've said before, uh, it's resonated and, and rung in my ears since. I can't remember who said it, but they said, tell your story because it could be somebody's survival guide someday. So I try to embody that as a spirit of the bodhisattva ideal. Anyways, have a great day.